Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Chartbusters. And if you are a first-time listener, I really hope you enjoy this podcast as it is a podcast where we explore local businesses and organizations in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and the people who run these businesses. And also make sure to follow our Instagram at Chartbusters Podcast to stay up to date with information about our latest releases and other sorts of things. And today we are really excited to be interviewing Mr. Michael Davis, who is the founder of Ethos Education Group. And he founded this along with NFL legends Everson Walls and Tim Brown. And Ethos is a nonprofit that is focused on fostering leadership and future ready skills in children across the DFW area. And Mr. Davis, just to start off with, what exactly is Ethos? Like, what type of skills and leadership are you trying to cultivate in kids? And what qualities do you look for kids in when you try and figure out who you want to mentor? Great. Good good question. Um, so Ethos stands for character in Greek. So uh, I think all great people, successful people, you know, have character, uh, positive character. Um I think before you get into, you know, mentorship and understanding exactly what it is that you want kids to do or or achieve, you have to put the work in uh, in regards to them understanding who they are. Uh, when I say who they are, we speak about uh, the legacy plan, uh, which is identity, purpose, value, and vision. So one, you have to identify who you are. Um, you know, understand your purpose in life understand your value systems, understand you know, how do you set goals and how you actually can actually see and attain those particular goals. Um, so. And um, when I was looking at your guys' website, yeah. I saw a quote that said, intelligence is not enough, but intelligence and character is the goal of true education. Right. So personally, um, I believe that creating a moral and ethical compass is kind of like a, sets, it sets a baseline for the students so it can help them like pursue their dreams, their careers. So I was just wondering, like, like, what are a few character traits that Ethos believes are substantial for teenagers to be future ready? Great question, too. Um, I, I think it really boils down to being committed uh, to a goal, having fortitude, um, perseverance, being able to fight through things that may not work in your favor, uh, having the understanding uh, that you can be great. So that kind of spins back into visualizing yourself uh, being great. Um, but just having that courage really to be who you are, who you've been meant to be. Yeah. And kind of keeping up with that fortitude and leadership. I want to go back to your time at the Cal Golden Bears, you know, playing for UC Berkeley. And how did being a leader and I know you were the captain of that team at one point. What skills did that kind of give you that you took into becoming an entrepreneur? Um, you know, that was one of the I think the, the best I guess, achievements that I think when I go back in time and I was your age and, and now being 50 some odd years old now, I won't tell my, my true age, but um, I, I think it was, you know, having your peers vote you in as being their leader um, was amazing. I think um, the things I, I took away from that is having the courage to kind of step outside the box, uh, the narrative that, uh, we were just, you know, there to play football, uh, that we could not comprehend anything else other than football. And a lot of my teammates were, you know, felt the same way I did and maybe not had the courage to kind of say, hey, I want to focus in on being a doctor, a lawyer, or a dentist. 
Uh, so it was my ability or my opportunity uh, to kind of speak outside the box where coaches would say, ah, I'm not really feeling that. Uh, but knowing that I'm speaking in behalf of a larger population uh, of peers that really believe that. So taking that into being an entrepreneur, you know, when you talk about your purpose and you really try to find a, a job or a career that's connected to that purpose, sometimes it's not the popular thing to do, um, but it's important to you in your heart. So you have to you have to be courageous and you have to fight through uh, different things. So being an entrepreneur, sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's, a, it's, not, it's not fun. And sometimes it's always it's not, not the sunshine that people talk about. Uh, it, it can be dark. And I think uh, that opportunity is seeing myself grow in that space of being a peer-to-peer leader uh, or a team leader. Uh, those are things that I can pull from as an entrepreneur and say, hey, I'm doing this uh, and I'm courageous in what I'm doing. So That's great. So going off on that, was there anyone or like anything that really inspired you to take that entrepreneur path? Man, yeah. So I wanted to be an entrepreneur way back when I was uh, in middle school. So I remember my mom, you know, took me up to see her uh, stockbroker and um, said, hey, we're going to buy some stock today. I'm like, what a stock, right? And so we sat down. He kind of introduced it to me, what it was. And, and once I understood that you can be an owner at such a young age, I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool, right? You know, no longer just a consumer. You can actually own something. And so I owned um, Nike for the first time. So I was actually the owner of Nike, and I was so proud of that, right? <laughs> so I got some Nike shoes on. I'm like, yeah, look at me. This is my company right here, right? <laughs> Even though I only had like a quarter of a quarter of a quarter of a share, um, I felt so proud. And I said, man, how can I get more? How can I learn more about this? And so that was really my initial seed uh, in being an entrepreneur, and I was just hooked. So even before I even got to Berkeley, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, so everything I did was kind of structured. What I read when I was younger, uh, what I was introduced to, uh, was all pointing towards me being in the Haas Business School and learning to be an entrepreneur. So, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, that's really well spoken. And what kind of made you want to take that transition from Berkeley to Dallas and start Ethos? Oh, ooh, that's a long one. Um, we got time. Yeah, yeah. That was something. I did not see Ethos as being something that was going to be my quote-unquote career. Um, uh, I would say I wanted to be in sports management. It was something that was connected to me being a financial planner. Uh, like I said, I love how money grew. I love the different investment vehicles you can choose from. I wanted to be able to uh, get involved in financial literacy to be able to explain certain things to different people that did not come from money. Uh, so that was always my goal. And then when I got here, I got to Dallas after grad school, um, went to Northeastern, and then came to uh, TI and um, worked there as a financial analyst. But I always had that passion of being an entrepreneur, so I always knew at some point in time I was going to leave. Uh, TI and create my own business. Long story short, from there, uh, got into sports management. I think that was the happy medium for me to do with money, have that grow, but also be connected to sports. And from that, my, my clients, my first two clients was actually Everson Walls and Tim Brown. Uh, and so from there, we kind of blossomed into a conversation to say, you know, we're making a lot of good money talking to corporations about leveraging your name and likeness. 
kind of like the NIL stuff for, yeah. for you guys now, that's what they were doing. That's what I was helping build that market uh, for my, uh, my clients. And, said, and I said, well, you know, can we actually sit down and have conversation with families and kids about some of the same values that I share with these companies about why they should go ahead and align themselves with you? And they said, absolutely, let's do it, right? And that was really the birth of Ethos. It was really trying to take some of the, the elements that I actually told and shared and leveraged with corporations, with my clients, and said, let's take those same traits, those same pillars, and actually build a curriculum for kids. Uh, and that's how we got into Ethos. So then when starting Ethos, how did you and Everson Wells and Tim Brown like help foster or like foster connections for with the other Ethos champions? Like how'd you get them involved yeah, in the company? Yeah, just just you know, I think it was just relationships. You know, Walls obviously has a lot of relationships in the industry. Uh, Tim as well. Uh, not everybody kind of sees the value in building character. Hence, that's we have a problem in the world, right? Uh, but the ones and teammates that they did run across, they really got excited about the idea. It wasn't really a sale. It was like, man, just where do I start? How do I get involved? This is awesome. Because it's really a generational change that's happening. So for them to be involved in something that will be a generational blessing, or i.e., um, rather than be a generational curse, I should say, uh, the blessing is what people want to be involved. They want to really change what they saw in the world. And so if they saw this platform as one of the solutions, then so be it. So it was really, it wasn't a hard push. Uh, it was just pre presenting the idea and thought. And so having those guys and, and looking at the background, you look at Walls for a minute, you know, he donated his kidney, right, to his teammate, right, um, who was dying because of diabetes. Um, that's huge, right? You look at Tim Brown and his history. Um, as, as far as just, again, making great decisions and being a community leader, um, you know, co-singletary. So all these folks really speak and live to what it is that we do. So they all have fans, too, that play in the league. And so to be able to connect with them, that's, that was the most important piece. Yeah, and I think when when you're talking about how he donated his kidney, yeah. that kind of goes in, like, like with the character traits that we were talking about earlier. Right, right. It's like... It's really important to not just be smart, but also have like the common sense to know what to do, what's right and what's wrong. Right. And you have to be able to know or be surrounded with the right people. That's right. And I think he was definitely one of those people. And I think that having good character traits, it just goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you and your company, do they have any major goals going towards like maybe a year, five years or a decade? Is there any like... You know, we really want the village to grow. That's a great question. We want the village to grow in the sense that we want to have this ecosystem of students, uh, community partners, um, and, and really uh, mentors, right? So we want this to be a safe haven for a lot of kids. That's not much just in Frisco ISD, but if you want a village of support, a village of courage, uh, one that's going to help you define your narrative about who you are and what you want to achieve in life, that anybody can, you know, come in and sign up for free. Uh, that's our goal. So it won't be tied to a, a dollar figure, right? If you want help, you want direction, this is where you come. Uh, when you're scared and don't have the courage to kind of speak out what it is that you see yourself doing because society says you can't do it, uh, we want to say, you know what, that's a lie. 
Let's come within the village. Let's learn. Let's network together. Let's be each other's leverage point, right? Uh, so you don't quit. Uh, that you do have that courage to continue to go forward to create your narrative. So that's our goal. So it's finding community partners uh, that see that vision, like the Omni Hotels of the World and the uh, North Dallas Bank and Trust, uh, to provide their content, to talk about their core competence, uh, to share with people like yourself, uh, that says, hey, if you have interest in doing what it is I do, this is how you do it. Um, what I found growing up, not everybody has uh, their own built-in village to uh, meet a doctor or lawyer or dentist uh, that may not be in their family. But within the village, you can find that uh, and not feel like you're being ridiculed um, in, in saying that you do have interest in something that may not be identified to who you look like and where you come from um, and still be able to go forward to achieve your goals. And keeping up with like how you guys focus on instilling that kind of courage to do maybe what's outside the box, like right. not what you're traditionally supposed to do. How does it feel being able to set up kids with that courage and just watching them kind of blossom into new leaders of the next generation? Oh, man, <clears throat> that that's that's the payday for us. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's not about the dollars or anything of that nature. Obviously, it's a nonprofit, so we're giving so much of our time. It's uh, a labor of love <clears throat> that we're giving. Uh, but when you see a kid, I the light go off and it gets brighter every day. Uh, that is our payment for the work that we do. And that's a generational payment because they will want to encourage other kids, other young men, other young women to do the same thing. Um, and usually when you don't have that, it really gets cut off at the root because the generational curses don't allow our kids to go outside that box. But when they have that avenue to do so, now you have generational blessings. And that's the, that's the huge payoff for us. And for students who are like wanting to become a part of this village, how would they go about doing that? And how would they come in contact with you? So really, it's, it's just going to ethosvillage.com, creating your account for free, and that gets you inside the village at that point. Uh, there you can go ahead and take uh, different elective courses. Uh, you take your core course around a legacy plan itself. You get to meet different uh, mentors, community partners. So it's really just going into the village, creating your account, and just letting your imagination take over. Yeah, and I know also a big part of it, not just with like the online part of it, but also the mentors make a huge impact on the kids. So how do you go about like finding mentors and what qualities do you look for with these mentors? Yeah, that's uh, there's always more kids than mentors, right? Yeah. So there's more demand than supply. So that's always been the, the huge issue for us. Um, really it goes back to seeing the vision as a mentor, um, one, having the capacity to want to share your story. Uh, and everybody has their own legacy plan. Everybody has their own identity and their purpose and their value systems and their goals. Uh, but it's willing just to have the time uh, and the resources to want to be able to do so. Um, so since now we have it where it's more of a virtual experience, uh, you guys have had opportunity to meet Peyton and other yeah. um, you know, leaders that come into your classroom. But now it's going to kind of shift that now Peyton will be more virtual, right? You have that initial contact with your leader. Now it goes into a virtual, you know, uh, world. 
So that builds in ability to not necessarily have a bottleneck, but have more opportunity to meet different people from different places when it's virtual. So what we look for are people that want to have the same mindset that we have, uh, again, have the time um, to put into this because it does take a lot of time uh, to put into your mentee. Um, but yeah, those are those are the two major elements that we look for. It's not necessarily from a different place or a different arena, different uh, certain industry. Uh, I think you have to have a love for our kids in our community. And that's number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just kind of like with all the ethos champions, you know, they're from a variety of backgrounds. Like you have Mr. Roland Parrish, who owns many restaurants in the Dallas area. And you have Q Harrison Terry, who, you know, he does things that are not necessarily like traditional, like they're things that wouldn't even have been heard of like 20 years ago. How has like, seeing these multiple different perspectives kind of helped you grow as a person? Man, you know, that's a great question, too. You guys are good. I tell you. <laughs> you guys are on it. Um, I, I, I think when you look at different champions, um, what you find, uh, even though they come from different industries and they're super, super uh, exciting to kind of understand their story, the commonality of their value systems is what brings everybody back full circle. And that's what I was able to get from understanding that different champions, even though they come from different places, different, you know, uh, core competence and knowledge and understanding about what they do, they still have the commonality of this is how I get up when I fall down. This is how I persevere. This is how this is why I have courage. This is why I have the fortitude and perseverance. And I see that in all these different champions that we brought on the table. Um, we're very strategic in this point where we go to where the kids are, right? A lot of times in our society, right, what's pushed, especially in Frisco, is what? Sports, right? Sports City USA, right? It's how Frisco kind of defines itself. That's its identity, so to speak, right? But not everybody's going to be an athlete. Not everybody's going to be a professional athlete, and that's fine. But what's the commonality right, and all these successful athletes in sports, right? And that's what we try to extract and really try to break out and then share, right, with our students. So through the champions, they can learn it's not the occupation, it's the character and values that you learn that's going to make you successful. So that's what I think I've been able to extract and kind of put out there for our kids to learn. Yeah, that's very well spoken. So let's say someone wants to become an entrepreneur themselves. What are some special like qualifications they may need in order to be successful in this path? Uh, prayer. Uh, uh, again, it's, it's, it is a, uh, you may have the best idea in the world, right? Um, but what I also found, if it's not really connected to your why, nine times out of 10, when you hit a challenge, right? Adversity starts to set in. Right. That kind of separates you real quick to say, am I really doing this for the right reasons or am I not? And so I really would sit down and tell somebody, if you want to be an entrepreneur, really go through and understand your why. Is this connected to your why? And if it is, that is probably the biggest foundational piece you can have before you start raising money and start speaking from your heart to raise money and bring other people in. People have to see that in you. Right before they believe that your idea is going to take off. Yep. And another thing with becoming an entrepreneur, I feel like 
um, you have to take initiative. It's like the very first thing you should do because if you're thinking like like about the the consequences instead of the benefits, it's just hard because it just blocks your your mind and you can't really focus on what your goals are anymore. So I think taking initiative is a really big part with becoming an entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I will say that too. I will say when I was at Northeastern, I remember reading an article about Spike Lee. And Spike Lee talked about how he started his first film company, right? And um, I was really just impressed with what he did. So he was in grad school. Uh, and he said he wanted to come out not only just with a, a piece of paper, i.e. a diploma, he wanted to come out with a product. So he took every course he could to help build his business plan, have it get tore up, have it have it be ridiculed, have it be challenged. But at the end of his, you know, his term, he was going to walk out with a product that was going to be tested and tried before he went in to talk to any investor. And I thought about that. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So I remember taking, you know, business school classes where it just said, here's how you build a business plan, here's how you present it, all those great things. So when I came out, I wanted to have so much confidence that I thought about everything you can think of about the business plan. Yeah, you know, you want to like bet on yourself. Yes. And I think that's what we also saw that in with Miss Yolanda Durant, who we interviewed last episode. So I think that's kind of a common thing that all great entrepreneurs share because you don't want to leave everything up to chance. You want to you want to make sure that you can do everything in your power to make sure that you're in the place where you can be successful. And with our podcast, we like to end off with a story from like each of our businesses or organizations. And is there a certain kid or mentor that you felt like you've had and like particularly outstanding impact on? Um, I would say uh, Joseph Nash would be somebody comes to mind. Um, Joseph Nash is a young man that I met roughly about three years ago uh, at TCA. He was a student athlete there. Um, he was a kid that really, um, he was hungry for knowledge. He, he wanted to understand why. He was always just, why this? Why that? Just like a little kid, right? Just want, tell me, tell me, why, why, why? Like, dang, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I really respected that because ultimately that gave him the courage to continue his path, to understand what his why is, understand where he wanted to go long term in his life. Um, so it was, it was a time where he was like, man, do I transfer from TCA? Uh, do I continue down this path that looks really, really dark? Or do I grow within this darkness and let it turn to light? And she, she chose the latter. And so now he's at Yale University uh, as a student athlete. He's creating a ethos Yale uh, program where now student athletes from Yale would actually be like mentors to the mentees within Ethos Village. And that's his idea, right? That was what he spearheaded, seeing the opportunity where he was and how he can bring generational blessings going forth. So that's, that's a kid that got it. Um, he fought for it. Uh, and now that he has it, he wants to give it back. And I think that's the cycle and ecosystem that we want to instill in every Ethos kid. It's like you want to give them the tools. Like I know a lot of people say you can you can give a man a fish and feed him for That's a day, right. but you can teach him how to fish and he'll be able to eat for a lifetime. That's right. And I think that kind of sums up ethos as That's a whole. It. 
And yeah, I think that's a great, those are great words to end on. Yeah. And thank you for the great interview. This was really great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, once again, guys, if you don't already follow us on Instagram at Chartbusters Podcast, make sure to check us out. And also check out Ethos Education Group, ethosvillage.org, if you want to get started on your Ethos Legacy Plan and gain some of those skills that will help you to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, follow them, man. They're doing great things. I'm telling you. (laughs) Chartbusters, check them out. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>